Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to your weekly episode of The Extraordinary Expletive. You got your boy J-Dubs on the mic over here. Kenny G's on this side of the table, and today we're going to continue on with Metal Month. We left you last week with the early to mid-90s with bands like Pantera and Sepulatura. So let's keep on going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> we talked a lot about thrash metal. And um, the beginnings of some new genres that we didn't really touch on last week. So that's like kind of what I wanted to say. There's a lot of stuff that happened in the late 80s, early 90s that really, uh, like you said it best last week, it really splintered off from there, you know. And a lot of new <coughs> genres came. And uh, uh, death metal was one of them. It, we, was, we, it was way heavier. Yeah, we didn't really touch like the first wave of uh, death metal. We had bands like Merciful Fate, uh, Venom. Uh, like Morbid Angel, uh, they were like what, Morbid 85? Angel was the second wave. Okay, okay, Morbid Angel, Cannibal Corpse, those were like the second wave, and actually where we left off with like the mid '90s, that was never death metal kind of peaked. I want to say, yeah, because Morbid Angel had the uh, I forgot what the album was, but I'm Morbid Angel had the best-selling death metal album of all time. It sold over like a hundred thousand copies. A lot was because they they were on MTV a lot on shows like. Uh, Beavis and Beavis and Butthead. There was a music video that they showed. It was a more of an angel music video, and they just sh that was one of the like the most recurring music videos they showed on Beavis and Butthead. Was like, yeah, we're making to make fun of this video. Nice. Uh, and then even Cannibal Corpse uh, peaked around that time because they were in Ace Ventura with Hammer Smash Face. Yeah, yeah. When he's at the concert. <laughs> yeah, he's at the concert and he goes in. The, yeah, <laughs> he's flipping out in the in the pit. But that was about the same time. That was kind of whenever. Um, death metal peaked and it's kind of just fallen off ever since i disagree with that uh, well until until next week we'll get into that because <laughs> it kind of came back with a full force after i don't know sitting dormant for you know 10 years yeah but well it peaked but then what what kind of uh pushed away death metal was uh black metal kind of came into its own That's around around the on. same time yeah um and and with, you can you can say what you want about like music, but like metal is kind of a sideshow. You kind of it's it's about the look. It's about you know being more hardcore than the next band. Yeah, but at the same time too, um, if you want to get like snobby with it, not even being snobby, just being real, each one of those classifications of metal has that classification because of the type of sound that it has. Like, right. With with death metal, you have. A lot of um, like blast beats. You have a lot of tremolos that happen, going into some heavy, like deep chord uh, choruses. You know, with those vocals that usually don't see a whole lot of like clean vocals in any type of uh, like death metal. You know what I mean? And the lyrics are usually a little bit darker, but it is that that form, that sound. You know what I mean? And then you get into like metalcore, and that's where you get you know these breakdowns in. Just you, you, you incorporate other kind of singing into there too, you know. And I mean? then they kind of mash together, and that's what made deathcore, which is also amazing. We're not there yet. It's yeah, still, yeah. We're like in '95 whenever Chris Barnes was leaving Cannibal Corpse, and Corpse Grinder came in, and that's what I mentioned to you before we yeah, started. Right before we hit record. Right here. before we hit record, because I just wanted to say that everyone says that Brian Johnson was the best replacement lead singer ever, taking over for Bon Scott. It was Corpse Grinder. Yeah. Because you can't think of Corpse Grinder without thinking about Cannibal Corpse or how large his fucking neck is. Yeah. 
uh, George Corpse Grinder Fisher has the neck of a building. And uh, that is from years and years of, you know, <laughs> headbanging. headbanging and fucking hair swings. We're going to have a headbang competition. <laughs> I win. <laughs> but uh, the 90s was huge, um, especially. That's what I mean. Like... I, was, I was super young. You know, I was born in 90. Right. And uh, I was born in 91. Yeah. It's, you know, I didn't really catch on to this shit until I turned like 15 or. You know, I was like, whoa. But this was the start of a lot of new experimental kind of genres. Like, like uh, I mean, we touched on, a, what, our second episode. New Metal came out, and this shit was way different, you know? At the same time, you had industrial metal that just started. The, and the two biggest in, in, in the mid to, to late 90s there is definitely New Metal, and then... The hardcore scene in punk rock where you had that blunt. I mean, the first wave of hardcore, you can go back to suicidal tendencies in the 80s and early 90s. But then in the mid-90s, you had all these bands like um, Snapcase, Sick of It All, and even Hatebreed's like, first EP and their first album is just, it's a hardcore album. Yeah. <clears throat> like, the song Burn the Lies, that is a hardcore song. It's a minute. I, I think the longest song on Hatebreed's uh, first album Satisfaction. It was called Satisfaction is Death of Desire, or what was it? Yeah, Satisfaction is Death of Desire. Um, I think the longest song is like two and a half minutes, <clears throat> and then, and that that really just dominated like uh, ninety five, ninety six, ninety seven, and then by ninety eight, ninety nine, you have bands like um, Slipknot's coming out, Limp Biscuits, huge. Corn. Corn came out in like '96, so those were like the two genres that were really dominating it. They were they were the popular thing to listen to at the time, right? And it was really <clears throat> even the start of the early '90s. It was uh, like Machine Head. They started that. Hey, we're a metal band, but we have a rap cadence. Yeah, you know, we have these influences of, of rap music. Our lead singer has you know dread like he has cornrows. Like they they really started that, and then it just kind of took off into the late 90s and the early 2000s yeah and then a lot of people picked up on that that rap-esque kind of deal was uh it was really cool because it was neat to see metal mesh with that and maybe that was another type of that uh retaliating bad boy thing is like well most people don't like rap you know what i mean like i can't say that as like anything bad but you listen people who like listen to the radio like they'd rather listen to some poppy shit or something it's like well if they don't like it why don't we combine two things that they don't like and bam there you go but that was it was huge like you said you know it took off but at the same time in the background we seen a lot of and i don't know if you can call them metal or but uh nine inch nails they really came out with they they were really that industrial scene yeah that industrial music started and i would say like for industrial metal, like one of the bands that really ring in my head, uh, may not for you so much, but um, uh, Static X, they yeah, they Static had X. such such a a sound that um, this is the point where aside from you know your normal electric guitars and electric basses and stuff that you actually started to experiment with them being more electronic noises. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where you had like. I mean, even look at Limp Biscuit and Corn. Like you had actual DJs making music, you know what I mean, and adding to the song. And industrial was, I don't know, really, really different. Uh, Marilyn Manson, for instance, uh, he he blew the fuck up in the '90s, and he had that that gothic kind of industrial 
side, you know? And it's kind of the same thing, too, with, like, people who blamed, you know, they were like, oh, yeah, my metal still had that edge to it. And it had, like, that darkness to it where people were like, metal's the cause of this, metal's the cause of that. Because in the 80s, you had people blaming Slayer for, you know, kids killing themselves. and yeah, then and the fucking 90- goats dying and <clears throat> shit. And then in the 90s, you had people blaming Marilyn Manson for the Columbine shooting. Yeah. And- which, which was a big deal. And he was like, he was like you know what, I... If if somebody asked me what I'd say to those kids, I would just listen to them because nobody else did. And I'm like, man, yeah. that's yeah, right at the heartstrings, man. That, that's you know, a lot of people who play metal aren't retarded or you know, uh, Satan worshiping people. They're literally like good dudes. No, man. I'm pretty sure Tom I is Catholic and goes to church every <laughs> fucking Sunday, and yeah. he's the lead singer of Slayer. Yeah. It's like, where does that come from? Like, I don't know. It's he's just... like, it's just all an act. Don't worry about it. Yeah, don't worry about it, man. The, the other huge... The goat wasn't real. <laughs> the other big industrial metal band, though, I think would be Fear Factory. Yes. Fear Factory is... Whenever I think of industrial metal... If I think of industrial, like just that genre of music, I think of Nine Inch Nails. If I think of industrial metal, I'm going straight toward Fear Factory. Yeah. Yeah, they were, <clears throat> I don't know, very, very influential, too. I know we use that word a lot, but that's like... I don't know, shit that really made other bands take yeah, off. Yeah, because, well, it's one of those things. That it's like they're not so popular, but, like, you listen to other metal bands. You're like, hey, who do you, who do you listen to? They're like, Fear Factory. Oh, dude, Fear Factory? Or, or I mean, the most influential one, though, I, I would have to say would probably be um, Faith No More. Yeah, yeah, we touched on that last Faith week. Faith No More is, isn't really that popular, but a lot of, if you listen to a lot of bands, they're like, yo, Faith No More. Like, <clears throat> um, Monkey from Quorum was saying, I was I was on a trip to Mississippi. I had to drive down to Mississippi and back and fucking I was like they just fucking I came into work years ago when I you worked said this last week. Yeah. Did I? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I recorded. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I told the story last week. So just listen to last week's episode and you'll understand. But it it I mean for me Angel Dust was the best $2.50 I've ever spent in an FYE in my life. Oh, in FYE, huh? Yeah, they had the uh, they had fucking. Sure, it wasn't some back alley you're buying that angel dust from. <laughs> no, it was back whenever there used to be an FYE in the mall here, and they had like the, you know, buy two get one half off or whatever. So I was going through like the CD rack. I was going through the like, low tub. I'm like, I'm gonna buy this. I'm like, oh, Faith No More's Angel Dust. This All right. looks exciting. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree. There's a uh, a lot of bands that aren't super popular that become. A mainstream influence to a lot of the bands that you listen but to. But Shaga too is another yeah. big one, and we didn't really touch on them a lot. Um, but you know, because they were they were late eighties, like eighty five, eighty seven. They were late eighties, but I don't think they really peaked until like the two thousands. Yeah, and I think as every year goes on, they become more and more popular. Yes, yes. Um, <clears throat> one person I am going to mention too is uh, Devin Townsend. Yes, and um, when he started out, now this guy is a fucking legend. Um, most people who listen to metal know who Devi is, and he started playing guitar for Steve Vai in the band Vi, and that's how you know he got his kick and his start. And then from there, he ended up creating the band Strapping Young Lad, which no most people don't really listen to. You know, there's a there's it was Devi before he was DTP, which is Devin Townsend Project, which he also made Devin Townsend Band. And then, which is now Devin Townsend Project. But uh, speaking of Mashuga and his song, um, uh, what is it, War? Uh, or Planet of the Apes, rather, excuse me. He says, um, and in his chorus in the song, he says, and we all like to rip off Mashuga. And then they play this riff, you know, and a lot of people listen to Mashuga 
their shit and then bring it into the music they're writing now. Because I don't feel like the metalcore scene would be as heavy as it was if Meshuggah didn't start writing that shit. Because at that time, that's when you got... Okay, you got your regular music, you know, that you listen to in the 80s and stuff. This regular 4-4 pattern. And then this band came out and they started doing shit that people didn't normally do. Dude, weird time signatures, you know? Well, right. let's play this in a 4-6 or let's, let's play this in a 3-7. Like, what? Like, in normal musicians are, like, kind of thrown off. And if you even listen to, like, interviews with the drummer, he says he'll write a lot of his drum parts. From a sugar? Yeah. Tom, Tom Hakey? I don't know. It's H A. A K E something like that. Aki, something he, like that. He's, he says he f- he's probably one of the best drummers alive today. He says he writes a lot of his stuff uh, on the computer first, because he says it's hard to just come up with that off the get. Which I I think I I don't know. Almost disagree with him. Not saying that I can do it, but I feel like he could. You know what I mean? But he said he'll make some really intricate patterns on the computer, and then sit down on his drum set and learn to play what he just wrote. You know what <clears> I mean? It's like wow, like. It's, it's, uh, I think that right there is the start of metal in itself, I think wouldn't be as strong suited as it is if it weren't for a good drummer. You need a good drummer to have a good metal band. You can talk all the shit you want on Lars Ulrich. Lars Ulrich is actually a really good drummer. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's that backing, thriving, fucking pounding beat. You know what I mean? That really throws that music at your face. <clears throat> I mean, we're getting into 2000s here, so um, just real quick, flashback to the 80s. I want to give a shout-out to hair metal bands Motley Crue, Wasp, and the Scorpions. <laughs> because we're not talking about hair metal. <laughs> we're not talking about hair metal. Go watch the dirt. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they did have, you know, quite of their, their influence there, but I feel like the hair metal scene really rode on the uh, the pedestal rock star vibe, and they were more about the partying and the bitches and the money. And yeah. And there they... wasn't a whole lot of spirit in the music, in my opinion. No, the, it wasn't. It was just, it was like, we're Bon Jovi, but harder. Yeah. So, Hey, what's up? We're Def Leppard. So we're up to... We're a fucking cat who can't hear anything. I mean, we mentioned hardcore a little bit. Also, a shout-out to a band called Snot. They were really good. They they probably would have been the next big thing. They performed like Ozfest '97, but unfortunately, their lead singer died in a car wreck. And we've mentioned it's not in here before. Yeah, so. it kind of ruins the whole vibe, you know. Yeah, it's like we'll fight. <clears throat> um, getting in the 2000s is whenever you start really having this bleeding of what is metal and what is hard rock. Yeah. So Disturbed comes around. Yes. Is Disturbed a metal band or are they a hard rock band? In my personal opinion, I would consider them a hard rock band. Um, they do have. Is it some because metal. they got the radio play? Or I think so. I think that's what really killed it for me. Now, however, their later albums too, they got so mellow. There was not really a lot of metal aspects to them whatsoever. So is Slipknot still metal? I yeah. Have you listened to Slipknot's new album? <clears throat> I haven't listened. to Go the new listen album. to it and tell me that they're not. Because you're wrong. <laughs> I just remember, um, well, with Volume 3, they really kind of mellowed out. Yeah, but they volume still had... Volume 3, but then they kind of kicked back. Or, and, and then Chapter 4, they kind of mellowed out, too. But then they started kicking back with on um, the Grey Chapter. I just remember the negative one. That one, I was like, wow, that's a throwback fucking Slipknot song. Yeah. They started and, to become more Stone Sour, and Stone Sour started to become more Slipknot. Yeah. But um, the new album, I know this is off topic, but reminds me so hardcore of Iowa. It's... 
Oh, that was it's that was killer. See, I was, but see, I'm a big fan of Volume Three. Yeah, yeah, same. And I really enjoyed uh, <clears throat> that album because, uh, for two examples, um, Danger, Keep Away, and Circle. It was the first time you heard that band play a slow song, right? And there was so much emotion wrapped up in that, and I was just like, "Holy shit!" And I don't know. Go back to the the title album. Well, I mean, that makes you feel too. Whenever you're listening to like Danger, Keep Away, he's just like. You're yeah. like, wow, that tugs at me. Yeah, dude, I like these that. guys have feelings too. <laughs> you know, they might be these big it, it, ass. Well, fucking... even even Vermilion Part Two is off of. Um... Yeah, that was slow. You're right. Yeah, Vermilion was like more heavy, but then like Vermilion Part Two is like about unrequited love and like suicide and shit. And yeah, it just when you actually listen to the song, it really gets at you. You know. Yeah, and this is a band going along with the stage show deal. I'm sure everybody knows who Slipknot is, but if you do not, these guys came out wearing fucking prison jumpsuits and masks. And there's what nine of them when they came out. There's still nine of them. They just yeah, that's they've that's gone nuts. through different members. Well, that's, and you got a lot of um, not not your norm of musical <laughs> instruments. For right. instance, one of them is a fucking keg that somebody plays with a they baseball have, bat. Well, they have two percussionists and a fucking yeah. drummer. I've seen them. I saw them live in 2015. And everything everyone told me about made the show. It was a kind of a letdown for me because everyone's like, "It's the craziest fucking show you ever be in," because they, because I, I've had people that were like, "Yeah, I saw him in Ozfest 2003," and Corey Taylor, you know, when they played "Spit It Out," he said, "Everyone get on the ground," but he wasn't telling you. He was demanding you that you have to get on the fucking ground. You did not have an option. You were gonna get the fuck down because he would call out people individually. He's like, "Motherfucker over there, get the fuck down." But, like, whenever I saw him, I'm at First Niagara, or what is it, Key Bank now? Star Lake, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette Pavilion. What the fuck ever it is now in Pittsburgh. You have, like, 50,000 people, and, like, you know, people aren't getting down. I got down. Um, I actually had a friend who saw Slipknot at the cellar in Austintown. Oh. And this is, like, 2004. Maybe fit 200 people in there. Yeah. Squeezing. And he said they were in the front row. And they had saw like Slipknot on the internet had been like, all right, we're going to play Spit It Out. And this part, everyone's going to get down. He said him and his buddy knew what was coming up. So they got down. And Corey Taylor was like, yo, these two are the sickest motherfuckers in the room right now. <laughs> and he said that was like the best moment of yeah. his life. I just want to I just want to interrupt you, though, because you said uh, somebody told you that that'd be the, the sickest live show you've ever been to. Um, obviously, those guys have never gone to see ICP. I'm kidding. Uh, I'm kidding. I don't want to go see ICP because I, I just want to be sprayed with Fago, motherfucker. Oh my god. Oh, have we ever talked about real motherfucking feelings on the soup <laughs> on this before? No. Oh my uh, god. We should. There but, was. Go, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I was gonna say uh, we're we're trailing off here, but um. So you got you know Slipknot, which we could talk about for a good while because. I've listened to quite a lot of their music, but you said, you know, Disturbed came out and that at the same time you had bands like Disturbed, um, uh, Mudvayne and Mudvayne was their an, first album was LD 50 was so, so heavy. Oh so weird. Death blooms. Like this is another band that really did those Nothing weird time gain. signatures. Do, 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 do. Like it didn't go with. You, it's it's hard to keep up with well, their that bass, kind of drum Their beat, bass you know? is so fucking good. Mudvayne? Well, I don't know what happened. Um, you know, uh, They got lighter. and I feel like, okay, same with Disturbed. Like, they did have quite a lot of heavy stuff. 
but a lot of people hate Disturbed too. I kind of do. Like, how many Genesis songs are you gonna cover, dudes? Just stop. You know? Yeah, but do you really hate like? <laughs> If you just go back to the sickness, when the sickness came out, everyone was about everyone loved the sickness yeah. when it came out. Yeah, I actually went to uh, the local haunted house here at Ghoul Mansion, and they had this thing called R. the R. Shocker. P. Yeah, well, they had this uh, <clears throat> animatronic dog. We all know what the Shocker is. So. You do? Yeah. Oh, okay, but yeah, Steel it was Panther just... had a song about it. Oh, oh two yeah. in two in the pink and one in the stink. That's yeah. called the Shocker. Well, this was uh, this was a guy in an electric chair. And uh, it wasn't. It was before you got into the haunted house. So you walk up, and there's this thing over there in the corner, and you're like, "What the fuck is that?" And then like every ten minutes, it would go off, and disturbed would just start playing, and like all this steam comes out, and then uh, they're like, "Do you feel that?" And then you know the whole wah would come out, and this guy would just start getting electrocuted and flipping the fuck out. And there's steam going and a fucking strobe light and shit, and it's just down with the sickness playing, and then he just, like, stopped. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, that's one way to put that song out there. Um, so the early 2000s, we have Mudvayne Disturbed, Static X. Uh, the, I think the biggest one, though, would be System of a Down. Yeah, and they were early 90s. Well, System of a Down, they started in, like, 96. Yeah. And and really weird, they're, um, they used to be called Soil. Not to be confused with the metal band Soil. Okay. But they were also called Soil, and they had an unreleased EP called Soil with a song called Soil that somehow I have in my fucking... Back whenever I used to like download music on LimeWire in the early 2000s, you could find these songs on LimeWire. Because unreleased. I, yeah. They've unreleased. I'm like, how are they unreleased if I have one? <clears throat> yeah, they were obviously fucking <clears throat> released. I'm getting it right now. Well... Because the only reason I know that is because I bought their first album and I was like, where's the song Soil? I thought this was on. The, they have like an EP and I had to look it up and actually found out that it was like, yeah, they had a few unreleased songs like under this name. But um, their first album came out in like 98 or 99, but they really hit it big with Toxicity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody knows the history of that guy's city. You know what I mean? Um, but this was a band before Toxicity. If you go back and listen to it and even... Even now, like one of the reasons why I stopped listening to Serge Tarkstan so much is uh, his political agenda really flooded his music. It's all about the Armenian genocide. It's uh, they just want the world to recognize that it was a genocide. Yeah, yeah. It's been over a hundred years, and Turkey's still like, "Yeah, we didn't do that." <laughs> I'm like, so just like all those millions of people died like overnight, like, and that's that's really what it is. They, they did get too political, I think. They really alien themselves because I know a lot of people that listen to like Red Jans the Machine and they're like, they're like, yeah, it's cool, but then like after a while you just get tired of it. I'm like, yeah, like once Hypnotize came out, um, you know, okay, like BYOB was a really good song, but and it had a good message. And I'm like, cool, but then every other song on that album had that same fucking message, and you're like, all right, dude, like the horse is dead, quit whipping well, it. Well, Mesmerize and Hypnotize were like, it was like a double album, yeah, but they came out a year apart. And they were actually, um, oh, you know, the, the other one we haven't touched on was around the same time as whenever Avenged Sevenfold became huge. Yes. And if we're talking, you know, early early 2000s, there's a lot that came out. This is probably one of my favorite, favorite times because so many bands that are fucking huge now got their start at this time. We're talking early 2000s, like 2003, 2005. This is when Macedon first came around. And... 
I got to see them play on the side stage at uh, uh, OzFest. What was the name of the first album? It had the uh, fucking unicorn, or was it a horse? I don't know. It had the fucking horse on it. and they had March you. of the Fire Ants was like that one song I heard on um, Take Action Volume 4, which was like Anthony Green's like anti-suicide like compilation album where it just got different bands, songs huh. from different bands on them. Well, I know I said this story before, but yeah, I've seen them on on side stage and I was like, dude, who the fuck are these guys? And now like Macedon's like a, a home name. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know who Macedon is, of course. But, um, this is a, this is a big time for a lot of stuff. Like I know we, we briefly touched on it last week. It was remission. Remission. Okay. Well, this is when you had a lot of the black metal drive that came out and, starting with bands like Cradle of Filth, which we touched on briefly last week, you know. Um, but then coming into the early 2000s, you had a lot of Norwegian death metal bands. Um, oh, geez. Uh, Heaven Shall Burn, um, Caliban. You had bands like Demu Borgir. And these are all, like, really, like, black metal-driven forward bands that are outside of the U.S., all coming from Europe. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know, that influence over there was like, black metal hit and they're like dude this is it and everybody fucking did it there's um a post that says most uh norwegian um uh forest rangers biggest job is rescuing metal bands who take photos in the woods <laughs> because they get lost <laughs> and that's what it is i don't know this is where you oh, first started to see just look like a that's pile what I was just about stick. to say yeah this is when you first started to see those fucking slam logos come out where you can't even read them, you know? It's like, what is this? Oh, dude, this is uh, this Cradle of Filth. How'd you read that? Read here's a C. It's like, all you got to do is just, like, get a hedge trimmer, <laughs> and then you just cut out each letter, and that's what it says. But um, this, you saw a lot, a lot more of the solos that you've seen in, you know, the late 80s, in the early 90s, um, than you really seen with bands like, uh, you know, excuse me, uh, <laughs> Limp Biscuit with corn. You didn't really see like that epic guitar playing skill, uh, you know, and then when the black metal came out or really drove forward, like you got a lot of your heavy music and your heavy riffs, but then you had these guys just shredding the fuck out of guitars too. You know what I mean? But I think what a lot of people too, black metal too, was like the corpse paint. Yes. The corpse paint and the spikes and shit, because like I said, black metal kind of killed, uh, death metal in the 90s because death metal was like hey there's that guy in like a fucking slayer t-shirt and some cargo shorts with some long hair and then over here's this guy in fucking leather with spikes and corpse paint he's doing the same thing but he's heavier because look at him metal's like an image thing yeah it is that's why i talked last week about you know do people really ride that satan vibe you know what i mean i there's, mean there's times where i've posted my own shit i'm like yo like this is metal as fuck. Hail Satan. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I mean, Behe Behemoth just came out with, well, I shouldn't say it just came out with it. It was a, a few years ago. There was the album The Satanist, and that was a really fucking good album. Periphery just came out with Hail Stan. And when you look at it, it looks like it says Hail Satan at first. That's I even way. looked at it. I was like, what? I was like, hell yeah, that's a sweet Hail Stan. <laughs> I was like, who the fuck? <laughs> but it's it's funny. Like, it's a play. Let's go back to the the... We're still in the early. We're still in the early to mid two thousands, and that was never you had a lot of bands too. Like, um, all that remains. Yes. Was big in flames. 
In Flames, Shadows Fall. Shadows Fall. Actually, Phil from All That Remains was originally the founder of Shadows Fall, but then they they had created differences, so he left and made All That Remains. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, he the first album, Phil was the lead singer, but then they didn't they didn't really mesh, so they were like, okay, we're gonna break you know break up. We're gonna need a lead singer. But yeah, he um, Shadows Fall was one of those bands too that was on a uh, Shadows. Uh, this is also like the Guitar Hero era. Yes. So you had these bands on Guitar Hero that got big because they were on Guitar Hero. Like, Shadows Fall was one of them. The Light the Blinds is on there. And then Lamb of God was another one. Yeah. And Lamb of God, to this day, is just still top of the line. They were one of the bands that when they when they first hit the scene, most of the metal kids didn't know what to do. Like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, they, were, they were Burn the Priest and then... Yeah. And they didn't really become big until Ashes of the Wake. And Ashes yeah. of the Wake is like one of the best guitar albums. If you just listen to the guitar, you're like, wow, that guy's fucking just making that thing cry. Yeah. And they did, like I said, you know, a whole lot of different time signatures that you don't normally see. Um, same with their drummer, man, uh, which they just parted ways with, uh, sad to say. But um, isn't uh, he sick or something? Yeah. Well, no, he got in a motorcycle accident. Oh, yeah. And he, yeah okay. He's going through physical uh, therapy and stuff. Chris Adler. and uh, But you listen to his drum fills and shit, dude, and you're like, holy fuck, you know? Mm-hmm. That's what you you crank up in your fucking car, you know? All and, those guys are just a bunch of southern rednecks, too. That's all yeah. it is. And they even have the song Redneck. It's yeah. so amazing. I think Ghost Walking is one of my favorite songs by them. Oh, I love that song. It's sweet as fuck. starts out all acoustic. And even... Wow. Um, straight to the sun into uh, desolation. Like it's two different songs, but you have to listen to them as one. Yeah, they bleed in. They just bleed into each other. Yeah, and it's fucking great. That whole album was really good. Yeah, because I... Ghost Walking was like the third track, mm-hmm. and they had like the anime music video. I never seen the music video. It's like an anime. Okay, I like the music video for Redneck. That was funny. They come walking out of the tour bus like. Fucking clouds of smoke, just drunk, <laughs> jump into a kitty. One of my favorite music videos is um, Mashoga's new Millennium Cyanide Christ. Because they're just in the tour bus. I'm pretty sure they just filmed it on like a tour bus with like a Sony Handycam. Because they're just all pretending to like play their instruments. They're just like, they're just like wearing sunglasses and fucking headbanging. But the there's no time. instruments? There's no instruments. Oh, that's amazing. Even the drummer's like up. He's like, <laughs> just pretending to play the drums and shit. That's I've never so, seen it. Oh my god, we're gonna watch it after this. Oh, that's great. It's so funny because, like, you know, they're trying to be like hard, and you're like, they're not playing instruments right now. They're just pretending. Yeah, I don't know if you you remember. I mean, we talked about it on the music video episode, but uh, scary kids, scaring kids. When they did that uh, video for My Darkest Hour, they were doing like the same shit. But the guy, the drummer, had a pair of drumsticks at that time. But yeah, that's that's funny. That's good, but. Um, a little off topic again. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's it's going to happen. Loose topics. We talked about this, but, uh, one band like we didn't mention, and I do believe got their start in the early or late eighties, uh, but Guar. Yeah. They yeah. were fucking huge. Um, but, they didn't get as big as most people would say, but I mean, they're still around today, even though like they don't even have any original members anymore. Odorous Harungus, I believe was the last one and he, he passed away. Unfortunately, a yeah. few years ago. Oh, dude. <laughs> was that the demon odorous coming out of you? No, right no, that was me burping because I, yeah, uh, I don't even know who the current members of Guar are, but yeah, and they got they got a new female lead singer to replace uh, odorous. They used to not have a, they replace, used to have a female but... bassist, really? Yeah, okay, but these guys came out and 
Metalheads love they were, them, They were dude. more of that shock rock. But you listen, yeah. to, you listen to, like, their songs that are really fucking funny, like Penguin Attack. Yeah. And their t- Meat Sandwich Meat was sandwich. about eating Jesus, you know? Like, I don't know. They 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 were definitely shock rock, but they had that metal vibe to them. Sick of You? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, if, like, you know, stage shows, like, we're talking about Slipknot coming out in masks. These guys came out in full they, fucking they, they, body suits. Well, they did, they did the Slipknot thing before Slipknot did. Yeah. I mean, even Mushroom Head did the mask thing before Slipknot did. And when did they start? Because I wanted to talk about them as Mid-90s? well. Mid nineties, yeah. Mid early nineties, maybe. They had that come out, and they were part of that, like that goth metal scene. Yeah. You know? I was gonna kind of classify them into that industrial part, which I can kind of see a little bit of vibes of that, but at the same time, no. Like they were a part of that. If you went to the skating rink and there's a bunch of goth <laughs> kids chilling around, chances are one of them has a fucking mushroom head, like wristband or like a t-shirt on you and know? someone has like a pack of palm olives or yeah something. hey man you guys want to talk about our parents <laughs> no me neither um who the fuck was i gonna say you were going to talk about as i lay dying oh man he, he hired somebody to kill his wife yeah but still <clears throat> this is a start of something amazing. This is uh, my biased opinion, but they're oh my god, they're one of my favorite fucking metal bands. Really? Yeah, I love their riffs. Um, they're one of my biggest influences when I write. I just I dig the fuck out of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, they they came out. You know, like early two thousands. Their big album was uh, Oceans Between Us or An Ocean Between Us, and some of their songs just literally rocked your fucking face. And their crowds were huge, man. Especially you go to a show. Even when they played at Warped Tour, like, they played side stage, but they got main stage numbers, you know? And people love the shit out of them. They have so many albums now. And um, like you said, uh, Tim, what is it, Lambesis? He hired a hitman to kill his wife. And the hitman was an undercover cop. And, uh... Bobby said it best. He's like, why not just get a divorce? <laughs> but, um, you know, they broke up. And this is years down the road now. This happened. Well, we're talking... Probably on like, like four or almost, five years. Well, it was probably like five years ago. Well, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, he did his time and shit. You know what yeah. I mean? But we're talking like almost into like 2010s. Or, yeah, I'd say it's in the 10 area. But he... uh Once he was in jail, um, you know, they split off and they made the band Woven War. Which was kind of the same concept, but you didn't have Tim Lambesa screaming. You know, you you had regular clean vocals. And once they came back together, I never thought it happened. But now the evolution of this band is fucking nuts because they have this good mix of clean choruses with Tim screaming over top of them. And it just adds to that, that emotional effect. You know what I mean? And I don't know. There's they They have some solos for sure, but one of the <clears> most... I don't know, uh, like solid, technically fast bands I like to listen to. Like, try to play one of their riffs off the start, and you're like, okay. <laughs> like, I can play, uh, you know, like Confined, but, uh, or Condemned, rather, and that's like one of my favorites. But you go to start that out, and it sounds so simple until you start doing the finger work. And I was like, whoa, and I got it down. But it was slow as shit, so I tried to play it with the song. I was like, Jesus Christ, they're playing like three times as fast as what I just got it at. You know what I mean? Right. And I don't know. They're fucking naturals, man. They're great. And I love them. 
I'm glad they started. That's if, why I love the early 2000s. Now, if we go back to 2005, though, <clears throat> which, shout out to all the other bands around that same time, like Texas Hippie Coalition. Well, they came out about 2007. Those guys were fucking awesome live. I don't think they got big till later, though. They didn't, Well, it was about 2008, 2009 they got big. Okay. Because they had Pissed Off and Mad About It, which is a great fucking song. But they're... It was they were so fun to see live because fucking the lead singer comes out with a bottle of Jack Daniels. He's like, "Big Daddy had to be up before one o'clock today, so ain't nobody gonna have a good time come Big Daddy gonna be up." I'm like, "All right, you're cool." He's just getting. He's like, "I'm getting drunk." But yeah. 2005 also saw um, Gojira released their first album from Mars to Sirius. Yes. And that is the heaviest matter of the universe. That is one of the. F- Fucking best metal albums I've ever heard. That opening track, Ocean Planet, just fucking smacks you in the face. Yes. I can't... Uh, there's not a lot of metalheads I listen or talk to nowadays that don't know who Gojira is. Like, if you're a diehard metal fan and you don't listen to Gojira, you need to do yourself a favor and listen to any one of their songs. <laughs> because they're... Um, Kenny and I will often go to the bar and I will just turn on Gojira to get all the old people to leave. <laughs> like, it's... Oh, Magma, their last album, I, I bought it the week it came out, and it was really, it was a lot softer than a bunch of their stuff, but that was also because that was, their mom died. Uh, the lead singer and the drummer of the band, <clears throat> their brothers and their mother had died while they were recording the album, so you can you can really feel that, but if you listen to like an album like um, The Way of All Flesh, yeah, or... From Mars to Sirius, which, again, is one of the best metal albums I've ever heard in my life. And this is a band that they sing about shit that most metal bands don't sing about. They have a fucking song called Global Warming. They have a song called Toxic Garbage Island, where literally the last minute and a half, he's screaming plastic bag in the sea. Like, he's talking about pollution. This is a metal band who everybody fucking This is a metal band that's like, hey, will you guys, like, you know, not be a piece of shit and don't litter. Yeah. Like, I was, I don't know. I was so, so amazed. Same, another song on The Way of All Flesh, <clears throat> Esoteric Surgery. It is about astral projection and healing your mental and soul state and then coming back into your body. I was like, what the fuck <laughs> kind of lyric is that? I was like, this is fucking cool. Like, that's what really interested me about them. You know, I was like, wow, that's wow. And then you have the complex shit, like the art of dying, where it's like, okay, we're going to do some Mongolian throat singing for yeah. a while. And then we're just going to do like some, some like, you know, some little bit of drumming. And then we're going to like bleed it in. We're going to bleed into like some like electronics. And then we're going to like get into the actual drums, which by the way, that song has the craziest fucking drumming I've ever heard in my fucking life. Uh, and it's like, nine minutes long. <laughs> but it doesn't feel like nine no, minutes. No, not it's at all. It's one of those songs that you hear, you're like, yeah, this is like a four-minute song. And 15 minutes later, you're like, wow, that was 20 minutes long. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. But that band, they just, they're they're French, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And um, they, I don't know, man, they hit the mark, dude. They, uh... Still, to this every day I listen to like at least one Gojira song, but they were so structurally sound. I I tell my wife every time it comes on, but uh, the song uh, what is it Resurgence, um, and it's off of the Link, 
at like the very ending okay they do their whole song and then they come in with this breakdown and this is what i'm talking about when i say like weird time signatures these are bands that are coming up there well no that that like at the art of dying whenever i said like the drumming for that yeah every time i listen to that song i try and figure out what time signature he's doing and i'm pretty sure he's just fucking randomly hitting the snare because i cannot figure it out for the life of me it's not even that because i'm like okay that's a two no that's a four what the fuck is he doing? Because cause drumming is all about patterns. You have your patterns. And with that song, I can't figure out what the fuck he's doing. Yeah. Well, uh, with I, I do believe it's Resurgence. If, I, if I'm mistaken, we'll find the song. But the very end of it... And by the way, the intro of that song is like two minutes long. You don't even realize it. Yeah. It just blows by They're you. They're just like, okay, here's some throat singing. And then we're going to do like the... And then just comes in heavier than fuck. But going on to what I was saying... The, the very end of it is just like this. Like, and this band comes out and plays that live and remembers every note to hit at what time. It's it's like you said, it's almost like a random fucking pattern. Yeah, like, there is it's, no... it's random, but I've seen them play like The Art of Dying Live, and I'm like, he's doing the same thing he did in the studio version. How the fuck does he know yeah. when to fucking do that? Yeah, it's almost like you're, they're doing an improv <clears throat> rhythm beat, but, dude, no, they're solid as fuck. That's, I, shout out to Gojira, man, because they are so tight. Like, their music is just kick ass. 2006, so we're 2005, 2006 saw... The last Ozfest ever. Your headliners were Ozzy, System of a Down, Disturbed, and uh, Avenged Sevenfold. Avenged Sevenfold was just riding off the coattails of City of Evil, which got a lot of radio play. Got a lo- that's what got them famous. Yeah. To me, Waking the Fallen was the best Avenged Sevenfold album. Um, and then City of Evil was okay. Avenged Sevenfold, their fourth album was better, but it was the last good Avenged Sevenfold album. After that, they were like, yeah, we're going to make fucking Nightmare Sucked. And then what was the other one they had? It was a, it was a ripoff of Metallica's Black album. The Grey album? <laughs> I don't know. No, they, they had another album. It was kind of a ripoff of Metallica's Black album. It wasn't very good. Hmm. Um, With the same time around that time frame, you saw uh, one band that I listened to a lot when I was like 16 was uh, Bullet for My Valentine. Mm. And when they came out... Um, Asking those Aaron came out about that time too. Yeah, and I didn't I didn't know about them yet. I would say Bullet for My Valentine was more like a power metal band, you know what I mean? I don't know how to put it. Uh they they weren't death metal and they weren't they weren't black metal. <laughs> to me know? to me, Bullet for My Valentine was one of the bands that kind of encompasses the sound. Yeah. Them, I would say Bullet for My Valentine, Shadows Fall, and In Flames kind of encompass that like we're mid two thousands metal. This is what metal is now. Yeah, and they had some crazy guitar riffs and shit, too, you know? Um, they really incorporated clean singing with their screams, too, which yeah. is where you kind of... Going back to what we talked about early, early episodes, like Emo and Screamo when it first came out, I feel like metal maybe fed off of that a little bit. Right. And they're like, dude, what if we threw some really nice cleans in this? All these things I hate got a lot of radio play yeah. at that time. Tears Don't Fall. Yeah, tears don't fall. I actually know someone who has a tattoo on their back with like, it's kind of a shitty tattoo, but they have like the two guns. It's like these tears don't fall. They crash around me. I'm like, all right, all right, man. I get your gay pride stickers, but no, it's it's a lady. Oh, 
All right, all right, girl. I'll get you gay prize <laughs> Um, going to 2007 though. 2007, um, was a great year for metal. That was uh the year Dillinger Escape Plan released. You're probably not gonna know anything I'm talking about now. Uh, Earworks by Dillinger Escape Plan came out. The Blackening by Machine Head came out, and Baroness's first album, the uh, Red album, dropped, and they were all fucking great. Those are I listened all... to three tracks off of uh, the Red album since we'd mentioned it, and yeah, it's somebody compared them with Meshuga, or not Meshuga, rather uh, Macedon. I see, I see some you, similarities. Yeah, you there. can see some of that. I forget who it was, but they called them Southern Metal, and I was like, "That's not Southern Metal." Just they're because like, they're from Alabama. Yeah, that's Just what he said. From, the ones no, from, Georgia. from Georgia. Yeah. yeah, I was like, "That's not Southern Metal." They're like, "Well, then what's Southern Metal?" I was like. Shit that sounds like this, <laughs> and then I showed him some songs. He's like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about." But uh, the blackening for me was one of like the albums that really it led me down my heavy metal path. Like, I didn't start listening. I started in college listening to like all these great metal albums, and that was one of them that I listened to probably fucking I listened to the whole way through probably eight or nine times, and I'm like, "This is fucking phenomenal." Every song on the album is like seven minutes long, but you would never know it. And they just all blend together perfectly. And Machine Head is one of those bands that, like, their first few albums, take them or leave them. They're not that great. You get to uh, Through the Ashes of Empire, pretty good. But take or leave it. The Blackening and then 2011's Unto the Locust, they're fucking phenomenal. And then since then, they've had, like, three albums. Take them or leave them. They, they blew their load in the middle of their career. Yeah. At least they kept fucking afterwards, you know what I mean? And then Dillinger Escape Plan was one of those bands that just, they got better with every album they did. And to the point, like 2016, they come out with Desolation, and they're like, yeah, we're going to do a tour, and then we're done, because, you know, we're tired of playing music. <laughs> well, they were just, I mean, they were their own roadies. Yeah. And they even they even talked about, like, in an interview, they basically confessed to, like, they never practiced together. They were just like, yeah, we'll, like, play, and then, like, he'll do his drum part, and, like, we'll just get together, and be like, all right, this is good. And that's how they practiced, but um, for a band like that, though, that's that's really that's so much talent. Fucking crazy, because yeah. they're just like, all right, we're just gonna do all this crazy shit. And Dillinger's Cake Plan is one of those bands that you can listen to fifty times, and you'll be like, I have no idea what the fuck is going on. The fifty-first time, you're like, this band's fucking phenomenal. Holy shit, they're so good. Hey, friend, listen to this, and then he'll listen to it like seventy times, and be like. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah, Jay Road showed me them. I was like, whoa. Because he wanted to catch them when they came back for that tour. Oh, yeah, it was 2016. Yeah. Yeah, they actually opened up for the Misfits at Riot Fest. <laughs> what? I think they were one of the... Or I don't remember if they were playing at Riot Fest. You know, they were. They were. They they played at Riot Fest, and then they did one of the uh, side... Like, they went to a bar afterwards and played. That's weird. And fucking... But the lead singer now, he's in a band with the guitarist from Mastodon called Killer Be Killed, which is like a, a, a super group. I forget who else is in it. Okay. So they're actually pretty good. You should probably check them out. I should. There's a new super group coming out, and I can't remember their name. Is it uh, Super Joint Ritual? Maybe. That was fucking Phil and Solomon's other band. Oh, no. The, the lead singer of Pantera. I can't remember their name, but it's... uh. Javier from Animals as Leaders, uh, Randy Blythe, and two other Did you, big metal names. Randy Blythe killed a man. Did you ever No, listen? he didn't. <laughs> well, 
I mean, Let, let's talk about that. Most people may not know that. I mean, technically, hey, can he, I get one of those? Technically, he did. I like you. No, no, he didn't. They he looked, threw him off the stage and he fucking no, cracked his No, that's head. how he got out of jail. Because once they looked at the film from a different angle, it was a security guard that hit the guy off the stage, not Randy Blythe. But from the first angle that they looked at, it looked like Randy went, fuck out of here, bro. And, yeah, the guy broke his neck and died. I mean, that's a, a shame, though. Like, back, back in the day, like in the 90s and the early 2000s, like, for concerts, you even look at Nirvana, not a metal band at all, but like people would just run up on the stage and fucking go crazy and then jump into the crowd. Yeah, you don't see that. With... You don't do that anymore because yeah. back in 2003, dude jumped on stage and fucking shot Dimebag Daryl six times yeah. over in Columbus. And Everybody's like, oh, cool. Oh, my God. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, that's such a shame because he was. Dimebag Daryl was such a cool, like, everything I ever read about Dimebag Daryl, everyone said he was a good person. I know people don't talk bad about the dead, but I've even whenever he was alive, you don't hear people talking shit about Dimebag no. Daryl. No, this is, uh, this might strike you as fascinating here, but um, there is actually a good song that Nickelback wrote. Was it about Dimebag Daryl? Yeah, Side of a Bullet. Now, they're not really a metal band, but that was a really heavy song that they wrote. But it was a tribute to Dimebag, and it was about the guy going crazy and running up on stage and shooting him. And I've, I've always said, no matter who it is, it can be any band in the world, there is one song by them you will like. Yeah. I think Rune 5 is trash. Their first album song is about Jane I own because there's a few songs in there I really like. Yeah. Sound like, you know, a game. Yeah, I mean, album. I could get down to moves like Jagger. It's okay. You know, I'm, I got to have a couple <laughs> drinks, but you hit me with a, a, I think a dance floor that, with a spinny disco ball, bro. I'm getting it. I think, think something about the two was like me and this girl I used to fuck around with. She was, that was like her favorite band. So I was like, I'll listen to this band because I like you. Okay, they're not bad. But I probably would never listen to them without that. Um, the Blackening, which I was talking about in Machine Head, they do have a song called Anesthetics of Hate, which is also about Dimebag Daryl because there was like a Christian magazine where some guy talked about how he was, it was, it was like a Christian magazine or a newspaper or something. And this guy talked about how like that guy shooting Dimebag Daryl to death was a good thing because Dimebag Daryl was a piece of shit because, you know, metal was this devil music or whatever. So Anastakes of Hate was about that. Ooh, that's deep. Yeah. Well, the song's about that, and it's like, you know, because I think the article was called Anesthetics of Hate, and then Rob Flynn from Machine Head, he's screaming the song, he's like, I hope you fucking die. Yeah. Like, that's something that kind of, I don't know, makes me mad. I think Anesthetics of Hate was actually in Guitar Hero. I don't remember it. The last one I played was three, though, so. Or maybe it was Rock Band. It was like Rock Band 2 or some shit. It was Okay. One band that we didn't mention, though, too, and I feel like we should have around the industrial scene conversation, but Ramstein. Mm. They were they were really big. <laughs> they got really big. They were one of those bands that you didn't really stay for the music. You stayed for the fucking stage show they were going to have. Yeah. He's going to come out in like a fucking mech suit with flamethrowers and be like, like yes. 50 feet in the they fucking got, air. They got a lot of play on... Um, uh, like movies, for instance, the movie Triple X with Vin Diesel. Um, they came out and um, they played uh, Fire Fry, I do believe. Uh, the German translation is Open Fire. 
meaning like you know they stood a bunch of people up in a line and just shot them. And I don't know exactly what the song is about, but this is I don't know about you, but this du, is one band I can say it's the first Hoff. first metal band I ever listened to du that Hoff-mish. was not English. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've listened to Duhost like the German version and they made an American <clears throat> version as well. But I feel was, like I feel like Duhost is like one of the songs like uh Baby Don't Hurt Me or just like just not in you, your head. You du- hate you hate me. Yeah, yeah. You you have to. Do it. <laughs> oh god! But in in the movie Triple uh, X, uh, much like um, Cannibal Corpse, they actually played in the movie in the very beginning, the very t- first ten minutes of the show. They walk into a Ramstein concert, and he walks out, and he's got this fucking gas mask on that he like lights two sides with, and just like <laughs> spits a bunch of gasoline and all kinds of fucking fire in the air and shit. Now, this was like a crazy rumor I'd heard, and obviously not true, but, the, you know, it's like the Marilyn Manson getting his ribs removed to suck his own dick kind of Which, quote. by the way, how did everyone know about that? I don't Whenever know. the internet didn't exist yet. Yeah, but it's like every fucking uh, middle school kid you were knew like that. In th- you were like in fourth grade, and you found that out, and you're Do like... Do you guys know Marilyn Manson? Yeah. Did you know he, he removed two of his lower ribs so he could suck his own cock? Yeah, I heard that. That's crazy. And how did you know? How much there was do you no think, fucking internet. How much do you think that cost? I don't know because I would, I, if it's only like a few thousand bucks, I'm I'd be down to try it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's one thing that you have to lead yourself to believe or think about. Um, if you could suck your own dick, would it feel like you were getting your dick sucked or like you were sucking dick? Both. Yeah. And you, what do you do when you finish? You probably just keep going at it because you're like, wow, this feels pretty good. Yeah, this is kind of gay. All right, I'm into it. <laughs> but uh, one of the crazy rumors I heard about Ramstein is somebody like... Oh, they like killed a man on stage. <laughs> and they ate him. Yeah, they ate a man on stage <laughs> or some shit. Ah, uh, man, there's no way that's real because they would never play music again. Like, Oh, jeez, I, I have to know. return some DVDs. Maybe with a lot of money, you know. Yeah, go ahead. But that was... That was a crazy rumor I'd heard. And if you can think about that, I mean, sure, yeah, maybe that's metal. <laughs> but that's a little over the line, you know what I mean? But that's fucking crazy. But, yeah, apparently either some guy had killed himself or they actually killed this person and then started eating his body on stage. Now, going back to the Guar thing that we talked about, uh, they had a lot of crazy stage shows, shit like that. But they were all dolls or... You know, like animatronic shit. So, it's hard to say, <laughs> you know, exactly. I've never actually Googled it and looked into it. But it's something you guys might might find interesting to uh, do Do a little research on your own and see exactly what happened. Because I still don't know to this date. But, Ramstein, um, they, got, they got super big. Um, especially with the influence of the American movies and then coming in uh this is another metal band that came from europe and coming from europe into america these guys were like oh man this is so different and they had that industrial sound that industrial scene where they had a lot of electronic noises that really played into their music as well as their guitars and their drums and they even had a song um i do believe it was called america and um they talked about the American society, and maybe that's one thing that made other people go, oh, fuck yeah, but they just made fun of um, like the consumerism of America, 
the chorus was America, America, Coca-Cola, Wonderbra. And they were just talking about, you know, like I said, the consuming fact of of the American people. Like, they but, would rather go and buy a Coca-Cola and buy a Wonder Bra just because of necessity. You know what I mean? They also say, like, uh, Mickey Mouse sometimes war. <laughs> like, sometimes you have war. <laughs> Uh, it was crazy to think about. I'd never... I'd... And, and the whole music video, too, is just like them. They're like, they're in like the space show and they go to the moon and they're like playing an American flag. It's weird, but I don't know. It was different. It was cool. If you listen to their later albums, um, talking about weird music videos, they have a video called Man Dragon Man. It's a song called Man Dragon Man. And the translation is Man uh, Man Verse Man. I literally basically. have not listened to Romstein since like the mid. Romstein's America was one of the first songs I downloaded on iTunes, along with like. Duhast? <laughs> no, uh, there was some stuff off of uh, System of Downs Hypnotize. That oh, I okay. Well, in the music video for Man Dragon Man, they're all standing on this pedestal, and they're in this white room, and they're butt ass naked. <laughs> and. Um, the camera kind of like pans out slowly while they're playing, and there's a whole bunch of other naked dudes in the room, like muscular and fit as shit, and they're crawling on the ground like towards them, and they're sweaty as shit, all oily looking. And then towards the very end of the song, they're playing on this little pedestal still, and all of these naked guys come up and just grab them and start like hugging on them and shit. And I was like. This is fucking weird. <laughs> but it was a really cool video. It's a good song, too. It's not bad. The other band that came out in the... Probably the biggest band, to be honest, was um, Five Finger Death Punch. Yeah. Like, I don't know if we could say... I, they, know, I they feel came, like we're getting ahead of ourselves now. The though. Bleeding came out in, like, 2000... The Bleeding was, uh like, their debut single off of their first album, which came out in, like, 2006, 2007. 2007. Yeah, you're right. Like you're right. Yeah, I don't want to go past 2010 on this episode. Okay, which is good because Periphery doesn't come out to 2011. So. Yeah, and that's that's a whole other fucking bowl full of metal for you there. <laughs> but I agree with you. Um, Five Finger Death Punch is one of those bands, though, that like they found their market when they're like, we're going to appeal to police and soldiers and, and that kind of market, and we're just going to kind of... And a lot of people don't like them because of that, because it's all they do. They're yeah. like They're like... Okay, are you a soldier? If not, go fuck yourself. We're here for the troops. And hey, like, this next yeah. song's for the Marines. You know, I don't know. I've seen them live once. Um, I really enjoyed them when they first came out. Their 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 first single, "White Knuckles," really good. I was got never, me going. I was never really sold because the first thing I ever heard by them was like the bleeding. I'm like, I can take this or leave this. And then like, I heard some of their other stuff. I'm like, okay, it's cool. But then like. A lot of their subsequent releases, a lot of their music sounds exactly the same. They have the same exact guitar solo for every song. He's like, all right, let me just start here and just work my way down, come back up, a few pulls here, we're good. Yeah. And we talked about it before, but every one of their songs is, I had a bad day. Hey, and my day was not good. I'm sad. <laughs> Courtesy of Jake Zager, if you anybody who knows Jake Zager, he told that to me, and I was like, you are fucking spot on with that. Yeah. And it's weird to think about, but... Um, much like, you know, going back to the, the whole disturbed mud vein thing, like they were heavy when they came out and then they kind of, 
I don't know, started playing towards the, the money scene. The Sickness was really good, but um, Believe was my favorite Disturbed album. Yeah. It was really Not good. Not 10,000 Fists? 10,000 Fists was okay, but everything after that, I was just, I was done with That's when they, they really started to, like I said, like the money thing, I think they they saw that they got on the radio and what the radio crowd liked, so they started writing music like that. I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, I'd love to have Disturbed David on here Chairman, to tell me. David please tell me that we're yeah. wrong. Please, somebody send this video to him. I just, I'd like to talk to him, you know what I mean? I think they're talented. Don't get me wrong. Pretty cool. But it's just not my cup of tea no more, you know? No, and I think I think like a lot of metal bands kind of have like an expiration date. They yeah. do something for so long and then after a while you're like, Okay, I'm done with them. Uh Disturbed is one of those bands that like if you like the sickness, believe in ten thousand fist, fantastic. Everything after that, like indestructible and stuff, I'm like I could care less. Yeah. Well, one thing we didn't really talk about, which doesn't necessarily have to do with any of the bands, but I would like to talk about the impressionability of the youth. Because I found myself in this same kind of phase, but maybe that's why society didn't like it so much. Because young people are so impressionable that when they see something that they like, they'd rather be like that so that more they can find more people like you're that. just trying to be more hardcore though you're like yeah i don't people don't like that i love it yeah and i mean like i started i did the whole goth scene you know like we're all black i dyed my hair black shit there was a time when i painted my fingernails black you were a male you know cheerleader I mean? shut the fuck yeah i up. was i was but three years before that i was the goth kid with long hair I tried wearing mascara to a fucking dance, and my dad's like, what the fuck is on your face? I was like, nothing, and I washed it out. <laughs> nothing? <laughs> don't hit me. I was like 14 years old. Oh, uh, shit. But, I don't know, Oh, man. shit, we didn't even touch on Rob Zombie. Yeah. Well, you gotta start with White Zombie first. And that was in the 80s. 85? White, zomb- White Zombie was... 87? Um, mid-80s, and they disbanded in like 95. Their last song, Rat Thinks Suicide Tanks and Cannibal Girls... Was on. It was a standalone. It was a standalone track on the Beavis and Butthead Do America soundtrack. So, you if you I watch this beer through this, if you track? watch the Beavis and Butthead fucking uh, movie, whenever they're tripping in the desert, that's the song that's playing. It's the last White Zombie song, and then Rob Zombie did his own shit. He came out with the Hellbilly Deluxe, which was a phenomenal album. Came out in like '99, something like that. Um, and you want to talk about impressionable kids? He was really part of that whole horror goth scene. In my opinion, Rob Zombie is the misfits of metal. Like, he even made his own horror movies and shit. His you know horror I mean? movies kind of suck, though. <sighs> you're not, I haven't seen You're three. not wrong. I didn't watch the new Halloween The movie. Halloween he want. I take it back. I haven't seen all of his movies, but I've seen the Halloween movie. It was not good, but it doesn't live up to the original at all. House of a Thousand Corpses wasn't bad. It was, it was cool. I like the song House of a Thousand Corpses. So does your mother. Oh Jesus! Um, I don't know if she really does. Asked asked um, TD about fucking listening to Rob Zombie. Oh, I thought you were gonna say ask TD about fucking your mom. Wow, dick. that's what I thought you were gonna say. No, because you're like ask TD about fucking, and I was like, <laughs> I got real, <laughs> real into it for a second um, there. I was like, hey, the music video for Living Dead Girl was a a bas- tragedy. Have you seen the music video? Yeah. 
Okay, the music video is basically a retelling of the 1920 silent film, um, The Cabin of Dr. Caligari, where Rob Zombie is Dr. Caligari, and then he has the monster and everything. Because Rob Zombie's huge into film. So he watched this movie, he was like, I'm going to make a music video about that, and he made the music video. So I never knew that until I actually watched the movie, and I'm like, holy shit, this is Rob Zombie's music video. But 40 years but, <laughs> earlier. But, like, well, you, 40 years? Like, yeah, 80 what did you say? years. Yeah, 1920s. Yeah, it was in the... Early, I think it was 1920. It was a German film. I'm like, wow. This is, like, a complete retelling of this movie. But Hellbilly Deluxe was just so fucking... It just came at you, and then... I don't know one person that doesn't know Dracula. Exactly. Yeah. Everybody knows that song, man. If you're like, hey, uh, what is it? Move through the witches and, no, move through burn the... Burn through the witches and, wait. Move through dig, the ditches. Dig, dig, dig through, through the ditches, the ditches and, burn and burn through, through the, the witches. witches. Yeah. Yeah, and they're like, Slam. on the back of my Dracula. Yeah, and it's like, is he singing about Dracula? No, he's singing about a type of car. Little fucking Al Camino looking truck thing. And one of the last things I want to touch on is... Bring Me the Horizon with Suicide Season. That was like the beginning of Metalcore. Ugh, hold on. Hold on, because there was somebody else I would also you like to bring up. You just blew your fucking load right now. No. As soon as I said, let's yeah. touch on Bring See, Me the Horizon, is... you were like, oh. Because <laughs> this is where it started, dude. This is this is the first, the first pieces of the puzzle that you could pick up and see where the fuck it came from. Yeah, but when you hear fucking Chelsea smile or fucking diamonds aren't forever, oh my god, those things make you want to fucking punch a hole through the wall. Yeah, I I honestly, um, I say this all the time. You guys may say it's fucked up, but I've never listened to a band that made me want to fucking just walk up and punch a baby in the face more. Like Bring Me the Horizon? Yeah, like if, if you listen, I mean like that shit back then. Not now, don't get me wrong. Some of the stuff Ollie does now, cool. One, but one of, one of the bands too that should have been a lot bigger. They were huge when they came out, and they just faded away. Job for a cowboy. I wanted to touch on them too because that's this is another genre that started in this early two thousands. It really dissipated rather quickly. It was maybe popular for two to three years, but grindcore. You were, oh man, grindcore was fucking weird. Um. But uh, Job for a Cowboy was part of that 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 scene. I don't scene think they there. were quite grindcore. You kidding me? They were close. Name one lyric by them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, I don't know, dude. Um, grindcore came out, and these guys took metal to a different level. They're like, let's make it really weird. And yeah, they they did breathing in vocals with these bree bree breeze, and that's that's what everybody knows. Bree. Like, that's what it was. And you can sing like that, sure, but nobody's going to fucking understand that. You literally have to go through the lyrics and read them while the guy's singing. But they did these weird blast beats for no reason. Yeah, but, like, those guys weren't talented at all, though. Yeah. I just feel like they were just like, all right, I have this guitar. Let me just fucking open note, just strum it as hard as I can, as fast as I can. Yeah, they did. That was a lot where you seen, um like... uh off notes, not not diminished notes. But I apologize for my language here, but like a band like Anal Cunt, just they were just yeah. they were just no no talent. All their like, what was the other one? Pig Destroyer. Uh, 
They Pig, weren't. Pig Destroyer is more of a death metal band, though. Okay, okay. Uh, I can't think of the one I'm thinking of. Um, it used to be. Um, we made a fucking WMHS live video with it with the gnome. Do you remember that? Oh, what yeah. band was that? I forget. Fuck. It was. Um, Shout out to Butcher Babies as well because they were they were big in like the mid 2000s. Yeah. Late um, late 2000s. But if we're gonna talk, uh, you know, grindcore, this is also. The time, um... Was that Kill Whitney Dead? They weren't a grindcore band, but Kill Whitney Dead came around at that time, too. Maybe. Maybe they did. I was gonna say I wrestled a bear once. Because that was, what, 2006? 2005? And, um, they were... They were very grindcore-esque. But I believe this is, uh, something I would like to talk about on another topic, but... Talk uh, for a cowboy? No. Um... Grindcore? No. I wrestled a bear once. Mm. I would classify them. If I were to classify them into a genre, it would be avant-garde, which is outside of the norm of regular music. They call it like, it literally means like self-expression. They did grindcore. They did metal. They did opera. They did techno all thrown into one fucking thing. And then here it is. Like for the longest time, my alarm on my phone was, uh, Smells Like Kevin Bacon by I Wrestled a Bear once. It would just go into that harp. And then it had the Dixie horn. And this girl comes out of nowhere and just... And it was loud as fuck. It woke me up every time until I got used to it. And then oh, I, I always did the uh, Shia LaBeouf song. Straight Out of Love? No, Shia LaBeouf. Oh, Shia LaBeouf? The, the you know... Running for your life, Shia LaBeouf. No, what Thursday night for Shia LaBeouf? Yes. <laughs> yes. You've <laughs> finally decapitated Shia LaBeouf. I love the ending of that video. He just stands he just up. Stands He's up. the only like... one in the cloud. <laughs> I, I almost tripped. I like stood oh, on, my, on my headset. But that was that was a crazy movement, man. But <laughs> like much like you said, uh, flash in the pan. That's definitely a way to say it. Job for Came a cowboy, out and then, psh, for a cowboy should have been fucking huge. Yes. They and were they, talented. They were big for a hot minute. It's the same thing with In Flames. In Fl- everyone's like, well, In Flames fucking headlined, you know, uh, Mayhem Festival. I'm like, yeah, yeah, one year, and then they went away. And I've then, never seen In Flames on YouTube doing a SpongeBob metal thing. And then uh, that was the very first video. If you've if you've never seen that, most people I forget what fucking song they put on nowadays, but it's a SpongeBob. It's called uh, SpongeBob Metal Pants or whatever. If you if you Google it, it's on YouTube, and it's the episode where they do like the um the bowl where like Squidward's playing and uh where he's uh, conducting. Yeah. SpongeBob screaming. Patrick's playing drums. But on the video, like here, like I'll just. We got ten seconds, at least. You know, we'll. I'll show you. The the other ones I want to touch on too, um, other than Job for a Cowboy, but Job for a Cowboy in Flames, and then oh, it was called Job for a Sponge. If you guys would like to YouTube it, check it out. What? What? Job for a Sponge. It was. Oh, and they did Job for a Cowboy. I don't know what I'm watching right now. And this was the first video that this had came out. Somebody just thought this was a really good idea. 
and it works perfectly. It's hilarious. It, it looks like they're literally playing the whole thing, and it's hard for you to say that they're not talented. Um, no, they are, but they they just could have been so much bigger, but they just kind of flashed up and just went away. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, after, what, their second album, it was like, bye-bye, see you. Yeah. Sad to say. What were you, what were you just saying? I apologize. I forgot now. I've, uh, I don't know. You said some other band you wanted to say. Because we were talking about... Um, you know, Flash Down the Pan's like, Nonpoint was another one. I mean, they were, like, more of a hard rock band, but Nonpoint, they had, like, a, a few songs that came and went and... Well, we were talking about like the beginning of metalcore, and uh, you'd mentioned Bring Me the Horizon, and one that's really huge is uh, Suicide or uh, Suicide Silence. Suicide Silence, but then their lead they, singer died. Mitch died, yeah, yeah, but not not till just recently. You know what I mean? But it was a few years ago. Yeah, but they started in two thousand five or two thousand seven. Uh, I think it was like two thousand seven. Uh, they were one of the very first starts of. No, 2009. They were, well, formed in 2002. Well, they didn't get big till like 2007. Yeah, they got the uh, Revolver Golden God Award for Best New Talent in 2009. I have to find it at home, but I do have the fucking Metal Hammer edition where they named the best fucking metal albums of the 20th century. Yeah, the one with uh, Three Tears for Sweet Revenge on it. Number 32. Uh, by the way, shout out to, we didn't mention them, but um, Converge and their album Jane Doe from the year 2000. That album fucking kicks ass. If you guys want to listen to like a, somebody screaming their fucking face off with some fucking hard riffs, go listen to that. Josh has no idea what I'm talking about, but that's okay. Right. You're right, he, I don't. He can listen to it later. Yeah, I'll listen to it. See, this is what we do. We we mention shit for you guys to listen to. If Kenny says something I've never known, or vice versa, we usually go and listen to it. Because I like to hear music. I don't know. It's sweet. Music makes you feel. Music makes you feel. I was listening to some sad shit last night. Yeah, same, dude. So some little bit of Benjamin Todd. I was listening to some fucking Senses Fell. Hell yeah. Lady in the blue dress. That's super sad. Right. She's got cigarettes on her breath. Just like the lady in the blue dress. I always loved, um, oh, I can't even remember the name of the song now, but he says, so love me gently with a chainsaw and take the glass. I always loved it when he said, um, and if you slip my throat with my one last breath, I'd apologize for bleeding on your shirt. I also love Blink-182. Taking back Sunday, but that was that was the joke because oh. we were talking about census fail, and then you said TBS lyrics. Yeah, I mean, I like them both. So yeah, yeah, they're good. I accidentally I went to order louder now because I don't have it, and I accidentally ordered louder now part two, which is a DVD, and I'm pissed. Ugh. Can you return it? Was it on Amazon? It was on Amazon. Will you have a thirty day return thing? I think I'm just gonna keep it because. <laughs> I'm pissed, but I'm keeping it. It was only like $4. So. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, it. I'll just keep the DVD. Whatever. I'm going to go back on and order Louder now because, uh, strangely, I, I liked a lot of the stuff on Louder now. So. Yeah, not bad. I dig it. So we're going to cap this off at like 2010. I would say that'd be a good year. And we can kind of briefly touch on 2008, 2009. Next I'll be honest, I really don't know a lot of shit past 2000. I have to do my fucking research. All right, well, now I guess 
next episode will be out. Because all I'm going to talk about, I'm like, yeah, Gojira came out with fucking Magma in 2016. Like, yeah. It's bands that have already been established. So, like, n- next episode is going to be me. We're like, yeah, and Kenny has no idea what I'm fucking talking about. <laughs> hey, I hit you a few times here. <clears throat> yeah, you did. Sorry, dude. Can't all be winners. I'm Maybe sorry. one day I will be. I'm sorry. It's all right. All right, guys. But until next week, please, uh, I know we didn't get the uh, YouTube video up for last week yet. I've got quite a lot on my plate at the moment. So I really I just didn't Josh have time is doing to do stuff to better his life. Yeah. So. Making, making moves. You know what I mean? So I'll get it done. Hopefully we'll have two videos here come out within the next week. Um, Metal Month will continue next week. Yes. We're going to try and cap it off and give you like a big overall picture of metal. How it came from like Black Sabbath to fucking... Where we are now. Where we are with now. With bands like Animals as Leaders and fucking Periphery. You know? <sighs> the shit that just made you go... The human what abstract. The fuck. Yes. R. Exactly. Shadows Fall R.I.P. too. They, they broke up. Yeah. A few years ago. Wait. One band we have to mention before we leave. Kill Switch Engage? How do Man, we not we, we say that? We completely miss them. Jesus Fuck. Christ. We suck. Kill Switch Engage, their first album, um, Alive or Just Breathing. Oh, God. That one, I used to fucking rock that all through college. Um,. Life to Lifeless was my fucking jam. That just didn't, didn't, There were another one of the and bands that, was, that used. And that was that was Jesse, and like, and that was that was when Jesse album, was singing. Yeah. yeah, Jesse was there, and then Howard came in for a few years, and then Howard left, and Jesse came back. It's like, how do you get so lucky to get your original lead singer back? Yeah. Did you see the newest shit that they dropped? No. We will watch it as soon as we're done. Here. I heard uh, they Howard and Jesse sing together I was say, on a song. Howard and Jesse, bro, I got goosebumps the first time I listened to it. I was like, because there's this guy in the corner with his arms crossed, just chilling in the dark, like this, and then like Jesse's singing, and I was like, who the fuck is that guy? And then fucking Howard comes out, and grabs a mic. I was like, get the fuck out of here, oh, that's bro! So good. I'm gonna flip a table, man. I was like, this is dope. Don't flip this table. We have our mic. I hope on. that yeah, this table's heavier than fuck. I'm not flipping it. <laughs> All right, but um, Killswitch Engage is one of those bands too. They were like the first. Well, I I did say like Bring Me the Horizon, but like Killswitch is kind of like one of the Godfathers of metalcore. Yeah, they're they're not necessarily the first metalcore band, but they were one of the Godfathers of metalcore. Like this is what led to this. Killswitch led to Bring Me the Horizon, and a lot of their stuff too with Howard got popular. Like even like talking about movies again. Uh, what was it? The end of Heartache was on uh, Resident Evil. Yeah. Yeah. And people are like, who is this? You know what I mean? And go and check them out, dude. Kofi's gamer tag cold. was Arms of Sorrow for a while. Oh, I love that song. I love that song, too. Most people are like, oh, that song sucks. I'm glad that you said that. I love the way it's wrote. Yeah. It's it's different. And I used to look like the guitars from Kill Switch. You did? Yeah, whenever I had my mohawk, I'd wear cut off in my shorty shorts. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. Uh, what, what, what the fuck is his name? I don't know. Well, I gotta go return some DVDs, so I think we're gonna cut this short. All right. We're not short. We already said goodbye, and then I remembered Kill Switch, didn't we? Yeah, because yeah. we f- totally fucked up again. Sorry, we're guys. Gonna... We suck. 
We're going to we try and redo a lot of these episodes, uh, like, again, later down the line. Like, we're 22 weeks in. We're only half a year in. Yeah, fuck. So we, we still have a lot to talk about. There's so much stuff we have to cover because a lot of these episodes, like, we're talking about grunge for, like, you know, 50 minutes, but there's still a lot of stuff we cover. Like, yeah, I we can even go in-depth into the trees, you know what I mean, and talk about each individual band. Like, let's have an episode on Alice in Chains. Let's have an episode on fucking Kill Switch, you know? Like... We talked about grunge, and I don't, think, I don't think we touched the Screaming Trees. No, we didn't. There you go. Yeah. So we're going to come back here. So everyone, be sure to go on YouTube, go on Facebook, like our page, share our videos. Honestly, if we can just get 100 YouTube subscribers, we'll be fine. I'll be happy. I be just, okay with that. I just bought the t-shirts last week. I paid Lowland Company. Go go on Facebook, like Lowland Co. Designs. They do great work. They made our tumblers we have. They made us t-shirts. We're going to have t-shirts for you here in about two weeks. Um, we have purple, and then we have some a few black. Quantities are limited, so you might not get your size. Like, we might not have your size. You might not have what you want. But, but I mean, we're down to buy some more, so just Yeah, so. we'll get more made. How much you want? What, what are they, like 15? Uh, yeah, like 15 to 17. Depending on um, you know what size you want, yeah. Obviously, bigger sizes are going to be more because we're going to have to use more material to make the t-shirt itself. <laughs> yeah. So, um, hit that bell, guys. Uh, yeah. Stay notified. Anytime we post a video, it'll be there. Uh, also, please uh, follow our Facebook. Get a lot of people sharing our stuff, but they never like the page. And I love the shares, but if you like the page, that pumps my numbers up. Yeah, so just uh, go like us, go like Lola and Co. Designs, and go like Taylor Made Cupcakes, so she makes really fucking good cupcakes. Yeah, and go add Josh Kenny on never Facebook. Had them. And don't add me on Facebook. I have add Kenny on Facebook. I have too many Facebook friends. Okay. All right, guys, Till next week. Deuces. <laughs> Peace. Yeah.